When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, first off, I'd like to give uh, Coach Spavadon and his program a lot of credit. Uh, they gave us a, a big-time bow down in San Marcos, and we did enough things to get by for a win. Uh, very proud of our special teams. I thought uh, Casey Riker came in and really changed the game on kickoff, and then I thought we ran the ball okay. Our, I thought our defense played excellent in the first half and gave you a few, a few plays up in the second half. But overall, I thought it was a great performance. Okay, our first question today will come from David Ware, 24-7 Sports. Sean, let's start out with um, with team health. Obviously, you know the kind of the headline from the game. Daytrick took a little bit of a nasty hit. It was it was pretty dramatic looking. Seemed like he was kind of moving around, walking okay on the sideline afterward. But um, how much knowledge do you have of what's going on with him? And then I guess to kind of build on that, I know Thomas Hennigan was kind of in and out. It was Jalen Virgil's first game back in a while. Kind of just give us a breakdown of what you know now after uh, after the game. Uh, right now, uh, Daytrick saw him this morning. He was in treatment. Uh, we're going to further evaluate him this afternoon, and we should do something tonight, first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, Thomas Hennigan uh, is doing well. We we pulled him the second half, just so had a chance on him, uh, re-injuring that thing. Uh, Mike Evans is out for the season. And who else we have? I think that's it right now. Um, kind of to follow up on that, George Blackstock was a little bit of a surprise absence from the game. What's George got going on? Uh, George had a concussion last week, and uh, he's still on concussion protocol, and we hope to have him back this week. Uh, if he's not back before Wednesday's practice, it'll probably be very questionable, but we should know more as it goes. Okay, so to kind of build off of that, obviously you mentioned Mike Evans being out. Zach Crosby got hurt uh, a couple of weeks ago. You had some some guys who have not played as heavy a game day role that you were really depending on Saturday. And frankly, Watts had that tight end group coached up because they really performed. Give us an assessment of their importance to that game, um, given that, you know, it was a little tougher to throw to the outside. Yeah, very proud of our tight ends. I thought they played exceptional. Uh, Henry Pearson played most of the game. Then you had Miller Gibbs came in and, you know, right off the bat, gave us uh, a a touchdown catch, his first touchdown in his career. And then I thought he blocked very well. I thought that was something that he that's really he's really worked on his blocking. We had Trey Ross with one of his first receptions. And then we just have to get guys ready to play. And that's always about kind of been the mindset here of 
someone goes down, we can't panic and it's next man up mentality. And that's what, how, how we'll go about our business. And then kind of flipping to the defensive side of the ball with George out, uh, Jordan Earl gets the start. Um, you had uh, DeAndre Dingle Prince, a true freshman, playing behind him. And then you guys did some different things on, on passing downs, you know, uh, to bring in some different alignments. How did you feel like the middle of that defensive line performed with Blackstock out? I thought we did well. I think uh, Jordan Earl played a good game, and then DDP came in, and and it was the set, first play of the game. We got a tackle and had an assist, and and we knew that he was going to be a great player. We were hoping not to play him so early in his career, but you know things happened, and and he came in and did what we thought he was going to do. And he's a guy that was on the scout team a week ago, and he he gives us fits on the scout team, and, and I knew he'd be ready to play. Thanks, Sean. Okay, next we'll go to Ethan Joyce, Winston-Salem Journal. Hey, Sean. Um, I guess first off, Brendan Harrington's a guy kind of keeps popping up, and I think he's he's really impressive, especially considering the guy that he came in to replace this football season. Um, you know, I just, just kind of, you know, what's your reaction to what he's been able to do in this first half of the season and the way he's playing that position? He's been very productive. I think it goes back to last year when you're playing behind a, a – fourth round draft pick and Akeem Davis and he kind of learned how Akeem did things and kind of you know evaluated how he's practicing he's really practicing at a high level right now and and that that really translates in the the game day but as far as production he's one of the most productive players on our football team as far as stops and interceptions and tackles for loss and sacks and he's all the right things I think that goes back to the way he practices and I think our team does a great job of doing that but especially uh, Brendan he's He's been exceptional this year, and, and week in and week out, he's getting better and better. Yeah, we've I think we've gotten him in, in kind of press conference format a couple of times now. He just seems like a like a really polished guy already, um, and I wonder how much like that part of his personality kind of plays into you know how he's been able to play so early and become a starter so quickly. But he he loves to play football. I think it shows, and, and when you talk, he's very infectious when he talks, and and people really enjoy being around him. His his teammates follow him. He's a natural leader. And uh, I, I just I can't say enough things about uh, Brandon, the way he uh, conducts himself, not only as a young, young man, but also as a great player. Just to shift to the offensive side, uh, I want to ask you just like as far as the end of first half drives, um, there's you, know, you guys have had some success on those drives. But I, I seem to remember last year you guys were really successful offensively when it came to drives kind of before the, the end or before halftime. And I wonder just kind of what's been your evaluation of, of those sequences in this first half of the season? Well, I, I think we could do better. I mean, you go back to I – mean, I'm not sure what game it was, but we're always trying – we call it the middleweight. And that's the, the last four minutes of the first first half and the first four of the second half. And uh, all except one game this year, we won the middleweight. And I think that changes the, the game uh, of how you play in the second half. And, again, we want to score more points without question. Uh, but – Again, I think we're doing a, good, a better job of protecting the football and, and giving us a chance to win the second half. Thanks, Sean. Okay, we'll take our next question from Chapel Fowler, the Chatham News and Record. Hey, Sean. Um, a few more, Brendan, questions for you. Um, I know it's not a novel thing at all in college football for guys to swap positions, but how does playing defensive back and running back kind of help a linebacker like him and what he does? Well, at that position, it's, that's our anchor position, and that's almost a hybrid position. So either it's going to be we recruit a safety to come down and play that position or, you know, someone like a running back who has natural ability. But 
um, we knew recruiting him that he probably wasn't going to be a running back in our system, uh, could, but we knew he could play somewhere. And that hyper position, our anchor position, really fits him uh, very well. And, and to follow up just on his recruitment, I know he flipped from UNC. Um, what do you remember about that process? I'm not sure how involved you were personally, but just getting him on campus and flipping. I was involved uh, personally recruiting him. I, I remember the recruiting meetings and, and I believe it was Coach Ivy, I believe, recruiting him. And um, I just remember Coach Ivy, he, he, Coach Ivy was very consistent with him as far as staying in touch. And, and just because someone commits to a school doesn't mean they're going to flip the very end. So, that still happens today. We're going to stay on guys we think would be a great fit for our program, and we're glad he's here. Cool. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to David Rogers and Blowing Rock. Hey, Coach. Congratulations on the win. Um, how, how deep into your playbook did you have to go for the uh, Caleb Sperlin uh, TD pass? That's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, again, Caleb, Caleb is so uh, – he's very unselfish, and he's always a team-first guy, and, and great teammates get rewarded. And that, that formation was a heavy run uh, set for us. And we came in on – I think I came in on Wednesday and told the offensive staff, do you want a touchdown? They said, well, yeah. So I said, let's run the old spider two wide banana and throw it to Spurling, and he'll be wide open in the flat. Good deal. Um, looking forward, what, what's, your, what's your biggest concerns with regard to Georgia State? Well, I think Sean does a great job of this program down there. And, again, Sean and I play here at App together. Uh, I know what kind of coach he is, and he'll have his team prepared to play. But uh, probably the biggest thing that scares you is their offense. I mean, they are, they are lights out on offense. I believe they're averaging 36 points per game, and they do it in a variety of ways. And that quarterback special, they have two great receivers, and Pinckney, and I forget the other kid's name, from Miramar Beach. But, um, again, they're, they're very explosive. And – that quarterback, he runs that engine, and and they can score points. We do a great job of keeping things in front of us, and on offense, we have to keep the ball away from them. So we we'll have to really try to run the football, and, and when, when the time presents itself, to throw the ball downfield. But it's going to be a great battle here Saturday. Okay, do we have any more questions for Coach this morning? Uh, Silas Albright with the Appalachian. Uh, yeah, I guess just – now five and one, obviously six games through the season. I think five left kind of at a midway point through the season. And then, of course, um, the Sunbelt play kind of picks up this week. And then after that with some some bigger games that will definitely have implications on the postseason or the championship game. But just, I guess, how do you feel about your team kind of at this midway point in the season? Just about, I don't know, just overall, what are your thoughts? Well, it's a unique season, like you mentioned. And this time of year, if it was a normal year, we'd have two or three games left and getting ready for a bowl game. But uh, we're six games we're six games into it. We're five and one. I like where we are right now. We're right in the, the meat of the schedule. And we, we don't look ahead. That's one thing we've done a great job here in the past is our goal is always to be one and oh. So all of our focus is on Georgia State this week. And after that, it'll be the next opponent, the next opponent, the next opponent. But right now, it's all about Georgia State. Okay, we'll take one more from Ethan Joyce. I saw the uh, the video that um, App State put out of you and, and Coach Moore talking just kind of about the plaza that's coming in for him. I wanted to ask you, what do you think, when, you know, when that statue comes out, what do you think, uh, how should Jerry Moore be standing? Like, what should he look like on, in, in that statue? I wish they could have some way to hear him say, hey, sucker. But uh, I don't know. I, I, there's so much, many things you say about Coach Moore and, when you think about App State, the first thing that comes to mind is Coach Moore. And he really has built this program to where it is today. If it wasn't for Coach, 
I'm not sure we would be here right now. And I think it's a, a great tribute to him, something that you know, he doesn't like to have a lot of attention to himself, but he deserves it. And, again, the, the man is special to me. I really rely heavy on him. There are a lot of coaches that went through here that have success today, but all the former players, every, every life, life he's touched over the last 30 years. Incredible man. And, and um, I wish I could put a picture of Miss Margaret, too, because she deserves it also. Okay, we'll take our next question from Mike Salarti, Spectrum News. Thanks. Hey, Coach, congratulations on another win. Um, I know that earlier you said uh, you liked the way the guys handled things in the first half, a couple of missed plays in the second half, but overall you're okay. I apologize for the dogs. I got uh, it. They don't worry about it. But uh, is, there, is, there a, is there a time that a coach is ever completely happy with a total performance? I mean, is there – you know, you guys talk about playing 60 minutes, playing a full 60. Even if they play a full 60, is a coach ever happy because you guys are always trying to be better, better, better? Well, I'm always happy when we win, but there's a lot to improve on. And you get back, we haven't played a complete game yet. Uh, we haven't won all three phases. And I thought we took a really big step uh, this weekend, special teams. I think Coach Haynes has been working hard and to get the right guys in the field. But I was, I was very happy with special teams. I'm not sure if you'll ever be happy with offense. Just because I'm an offensive coach, uh, I think our defense is playing at a high level. You know, late in the game there, that they're down three scores, and and we're thinking they're going to, to throw the football. So we bring in our we call it our dime package with multiple defensive backs, and they decide to run the football. So um, it is what that part of it is what it is. But again, I can't say enough good things about our program where where we are right now, things we've overcame, and where we're going, uncharted waters, and. Again, we're just get to this week and again be one and zero, and that'd be a great game here at the Rock on Saturday. And hopefully, all the fans show up. It's twenty one hundred. They're looking forward to, and they make a big difference for us.